0: Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise.
1: Welcome to the EM360 Podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is John Arnold, and I am an independent technology analyst. My firm is Jay Arnold and Associates, And I have been following the collaboration cloud communication space for a long time. And I've seen the evolution of the analog hardware-based world into the world of now, of course, software and the cloud. Very interesting changes, um, but for the better. And with that comes a lot of innovation, a lot of new players, and that's why we're here today. So joining me on today's episode will be Patrick Sullivan. He's the CEO and co-founder of a company called 2600 Hertz. And we're going to be talking about the evolution of business communications. So on that note, Patrick, I'd like to welcome you to the podcast. So come on in. Perfect,
0: John. I really appreciate you having me.
1: Terrific. So I'm going to ask you to uh, just give a bit of a background of of your story and how the company kind of has gotten to where it is today.
0: Oh, absolutely. So we've been around for about 12 years. Uh, and 12 years ago, my co-founder and I, Darren Schreiber, when we kind of looked at the market in telecommunication, especially around kind of the wholesale market of companies that want to offer uh, solutions but don't want to be building it themselves, we realized that, you know, there's really kind of a decre- or discrepancy in the market. So you had the big players like the Broadsoft and the meta switches uh, that could handle really large scale. But the downside for them was they really only gave you, you know, a very kind of enclosed architecture, which means that you could only use what they gave you. Um, and if you want to customize it or if you really want to go after a particular target audience, you didn't, your hands were kind of tied. On the other side, you had companies or organizations and projects like FreeSwitch um, and Asterix and Yay, and these were open source projects that really kind of opened the eyes of people uh, where, You can very much customize it based on whatever your target audience was. Uh, But the downside of these types of projects were they were designed for a single server. And they're really designed for, you know, kind of the old school server in your closet uh, type of mentality. And our viewpoint was, what if we combine both? Build a distributed platform that could be deployed in multiple data centers and multiple servers around the world. And if a server goes down or a data center goes down, you don't care. It just reconnects to the next available node. And at the same time, making everything an open API so that people could really kind of customize it based on their target audience. So if they focus on you know, law firms or they focus on pizza shops, they could you know really make a very customized solution for them. Or if they just had certain enterprise customers that wanted a certain workflow, um, they could really work around you know, their demands, um, which makes them extremely sticky. And then they could, you know, they'd never have to say no to any customers because they can kind of customize it based on what their customers are asking for. So that's always been kind of our long-term vision. And over the last 12 years, you know, the evolution of of our company has been interesting because what we've learned is not only do people want to be able to customize it, but they want a lot of applications out of the box. And so on our platform, you know, we really try to focus on this idea of, Bringing our, our kind of mission statement was how do we bring every business communications uh, together under you know one umbrella, and that's kind of what we've been able to accomplish, which is you know bringing a call center, a UCAS, um, and CPASS all together uh, with the same code base, while at the same time you know kind of giving out uh, applications so that people can kind of turn on and turn off applications based on what they're looking for, and where as a company we're going, and I think this is the the point of this conversation is that we really started to focus on not just the backend technology, making sure that it scales and it's always up and running, but really focus on the user experience and how do we make sure that the end user experience is wonderful. Um, And it's kind of bringing all these technologies under kind of the same look and feel. Uh, And that's kind of where we're launching right now, which is our next generation front end experience that connects to our backend. so that the end users have a, a wonderful experience um and our service providers and resellers who's really a kind of our target audience uh they can now go to their end users uh give them a very compelling offering um and do it at a you know an extremely uh competitive rate if that makes sense
1: okay yep we could go on this tangent for a long time and patrick and your company is a great example of what i referred to earlier with the evolution of, you know, moving to cloud and software-based technologies and all the opportunity that opens up. So before we get into the, this, because there is a lot of business case stuff to talk about here, um, a good sign of what a company is about, Look, you, you look to the name. And 2600 Hertz is a very technical term, and it's an indication, of course, that you guys are pretty engineering driven company which is what you want in a cloud partner so maybe if you could could before we get into uh, you know the business discussion Patrick, maybe just tell the audience uh, what's behind the name
0: oh absolutely uh, so you know like I said twelve years ago when we started the company my co-founder came to me and said hey the name twicesconer Hertz is available as a, a domain um, and at first I was kind of like you mean like the old hacker magazine twenty six hundred hertz or the freaking number um and he's like yeah and so when we did a little research on it uh, he's actually you know he's spot on because our vision was kind of opening up the network and twenty six hundred hertz was the tone or the frequency uh the old school carriers would use to in essence say that you know you hung up a call and so that was kind of the first time when people could you know and I won't. I don't want to say break into a network. Um, but if you understand the origins of like Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, you know they're famous for building these little blue boxes that would make the twenty-six hundred hertz network or the tone. And once they made that tone, they could, in essence, make long-distance phone calls. You know, for free because the carriers thought that they hung up. And again, you know, we're not saying you know, hey, go make free phone calls. Uh, but you know, our whole vision was. How do we open up the network and give people kind of the creative abilities to do what they want to do, and not just you know have it as a black box? And so even our, our core is open source because um, our vision again is you know let's bring this to the masses. Let's make sure that people can just you know use the this really powerful technology and really create whatever they want to go and not be kind of restricted by uh, particular licenses or whatever. And so the name kind of fell you know in our lap, uh, but. The added bonus is having a, na- a number at the beginning of your name uh, for every conference. We're always at the top of the, the conference. So, you know, there's been some side bonuses having a, a very technical name, um, but it is a mouthful. And, you know, but we, we enjoy it. We like it. And, you know, our vision is still the same as trying to open up the network and open up the technology for anybody to really, you know, bring business communications together.
1: Well, uh, well, well, well said, Patrick. And, and you're—I'm with you on that one. My my last name begins with an A, so I'm usually one of the top <laughs> at the roster, you know, for the speaking. Uh, oh, absolutely. Conferences. So I, I get that, and when you have that number, yeah, you go right up there. So it's like the, you know, the AAA Raccoon Services, right? In the yellow exactly. pages. <laughs> Dating myself a bit, but yeah, but but I think what I why I wanted to ask that is because you know you're. The name of the company, I think it speaks to, it's true to your vision of what you're trying to do here, right? Opening up the network. So that's the technical side. So now let's kind of get onto the business side of things. So let's kind of have a little dialogue here. And I'm gonna start by asking, you already hinted at this, but how can enterprises build a foundation, right? To support all the communications and collaboration needs? rather than have this, you know, silo-based approach, right? Why is that so important?
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, so traditionally, enterprises have to go to multiple uh, vendors for each application. And so companies like, you know, if I need a contact solution, I have to go to a talk desk or a five nines or an Avaya type company. And then if I need a, a UCAS solution, I go to RingCentral. Um, and then if I, you know, want to send out, you know, text messages or once a call comes in, I want, you know, to make it easy for them to check their account balance and it's just a a simple webhook, then I have to go to a company like Twilio or, you know, one of the many CPaaS players out there. And a lot of enterprises, the issue with this is now you have three different services uh, or three different vendors that you're going to, and they all have, you know, different accounts, different users, uh, and it's becoming a management nightmare. And what we're seeing in the industry is a lot of people are really looking for kind of like a one-stop shop where they want to go where you know their call flow is tightly integrated into their UCAS solution, is tightly integrated into their call center solution, and then if they want to build any kind of you know um, you know checking your account balance or sending text messages or you know doing any of the kind of customized code, they would love for that to be all tightly integrated together. And where this starts becoming really interesting is. You know, when you're thinking about like the actual data um, and, you know, everybody says that they want to become data driven companies. But well, now you have three different silos of data. Uh, They're not, you know, corresponding with each other. So, you know, a lot of our service buyers and resellers, they see a ton of value in having all this data in one place. Um, and so when you start thinking about AI, you start thinking about, you know, how do you um, take this data and really utilize it you know, properly? They don't want to have three different you know databases that they have to query, uh, and this is super powerful because it's kind of bringing everything under the same roof. And this has always been our vision, which is you know you should really have to you know be a one stop shop for everything, all your business communication needs. And so, what's cool is a lot of our service providers are now really taking advantage of it. And you know, it's not just hey, bring all the data, but it's becoming a almost like a land and expand opportunity for them where. If they get their foot in the door via call center, contact center, you know, eventually that account wants to expand, you know, to cloud PBX to, you know, different kind of call recordings. And so then they have an upsell uh, opportunity um, or vice versa. They get in their foot in the door via, you know, a UCAS solution. And then also in that account, like, oh, by the way, we're, you know, expanding to, you know, we need a new contact center. We're growing or we are not enjoying our current provider. What do you guys have? Well, now they can just click a button and then now they have a full contact center offer to that customer also. So it really allows kind of this kind of, as I said before, two things. One is the land and expand approach. And then the other thing is having all the data in one place where, you know, they can give a lot more, you know, insight into, you know, the business communication needs of that company uh, versus trying to go to like multiple silos to get that same data. Um, Does that make sense, John?
1: Yeah. So Patrick, you know, for the audience here, you know, we're going to have a lot of people who are IT decision makers, business leaders, right, who are looking at these new technologies and new offerings. And it's got to be pretty confusing in terms of the landscape, right? There are so many different providers, right? You know, 2600 can do almost all of this stuff in one under one roof right? There are a lot of pure plays. You mentioned Desk, for example, who just do contact center, right? So there's many types and every business out there has already got an incumbent telecom partner, right? So why wouldn't they just go to that partner?
0: Well, that's a great question because a a lot of the partners either don't have additional offerings um, or that partner does have additional offerings, but they're done through acquisitions. And the issue with acquisitions is um, when you acquire a company, you're acquiring, as I said before, an entirely different code base, entirely different you know, uh, architecture. Um, and it's almost impossible to seamlessly bring this together. And this is really important because you know, I don't want to say... Well, I, I will say it. there's companies like Vonage, um, They were brilliant early on and acquired uh, who, the CPAS company that they acquired. Well, Nexmo, and, right? Nextmo. And they had a really hard time integrating Nexmo into their existing offering. And I still, I'm not even sure if it's, it's integrated now. And so the big issue is you can use Nexmo to send out text messages or two-factor authentication, but that's not tightly integrated with their existing offering. And so now you're going to one vendor, but there's still kind of, two separate uh, instances They're you know, even the look and feel is totally different. The user interface, you know, you now have two different logins for two different platforms within the same company. Uh, our vision is that, that should be irrelevant. Now you should no longer have to have two different logins for two different, uh, systems. You shouldn't have, you know, the look and feel, um, you know, this kind of disjointed look and feel because everything has a, a different platform. Um, And so our viewpoint is, you know, why don't you work with one of our partners who can offer everything under the sun? It's one login, you know, the security is all in the same area and all the data is one area. So that, you know, if if you want to start adding things like Dialogflow or any kind of analytical AI to your offering, again, you're, you're focused on one database. So you're, you know, you can make it seamless and very simple to kind of integrate, if that makes sense
1: so you know there's a wide range right of offerings out there and some do it better than others some have more native elements than others right as you said sometimes they are you know bolted on maybe through acquisition etc and so there's all these different flavors right that yep. businesses can go with to try to do all these things so I want to talk a bit about you know what you're seeing in terms of the way businesses are going about buying these solutions now, right? It used to be PBX was kind of its own world, as you mentioned earlier, contact center kind of lived in its own area. You dealt with a different partner for like conferencing platforms, right? These kinds of things. Uh, They're all like these, I wouldn't say disjointed pieces, right? But they're all like they have separate budgets. They're managed separately. Different departments run them. Lines of business, etc. So it's a it's it's a complicated kind of web of stuff that has to be pulled together. Um, are do you see some companies still kind of sticking to that model because it's what they know? Is is or are they are they struggling with what your companies like yours are bringing to the market because they're not quite ready for it yet? Just trying to understand like the. You know how they think about these things? Because it's clear to you and to me what you're bringing to market.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, these are great questions. So before I answer that, step back, our target audience is really service providers and resellers, people who want to white label a solution under their own brand and go to market. And our service providers who are the most successful uh, really have kind of cracked the code, the upsell capabilities, which is, you know, you get into one part of the organization that, you know, traditionally only buys uh, PBX. And then once you're there, you know, eventually a different organ- part of the organization might be in charge of the contact center. But you now have the foot in the door to start upselling to those, you know, different areas. And so it, it kind of brings in a the sales mentality of not just, you know, having one offering, but really trying to you know, kind of expand throughout the entire enterprise to the different departments to start upselling. And it gives them a huge advantage because a lot of these enterprises, it's not just like, hey, you know, I saw this, you know, ad on, you know, Google for 10% off, like, I'm going to sign up. Um, A lot of these enterprises, you know, they do their due diligence, which might take six months. Um, And then after the due diligence, you have to go through full security audits and security reviews. And one of the things that we've noticed is in the larger enterprises, once you are in the door and you've done the security audits, you've done you know like you've gone through the million different hoops to get your foot in the door, the other departments would love to also use your technology because they don't want to deal with a different vendor to you know try to get them through the door because it's such a pain in the side. And so this gives them people a, a ton of capabilities and leverage. Uh, because again, like I said before, once their foot is in the door in these large enterprises, they can kind of land and expand to different groups, you know, and that's more traditional. Now, with that said, uh, we are starting to see a lot of people, a lot of different companies are now starting to realize that like the contact center, the traditional cloud PBX, you know, all the integrations with their CRM and their point sale system. And, you know, the general kind of, you know, flow of the work. Is starting to condense and combine, so I think you're you're going to start seeing more and more of the traditional model of like you know these different departments are making their own buying decision. Uh, you're going to see less of that, and it's going to be more of a consolidated you know department that makes all their business biz, or business communication decisions on which vendors they're going to be purchasing from. So, you know, I would say, John, you're absolutely right uh, with a lot of the big enterprises that it, it's still kind of segmented uh, based on what they're looking for. But that still gives us a a huge advantage because, you know, once our service provider is in the door on contact center, they've already done the security audits. They've already done, you know, all the hoops to get to that point. And then it's just, uh, you know, click a button and then now we can start offering you a UCAS. And we're already seeing this. Some of our service providers have, you know, cracked the code for some of the largest enterprises in the world. Um, And the other cool thing about our technology, which gives them a huge advantage is it can be, you know, deployed anywhere easily, uh, which means that you can deploy on AWS or, you know, Amazon or, you know, any of the big cloud players, or you can, you know, deploy pretty much anywhere in the world. Um, And so if a company has, you know, 50 offices worldwide, this can be kind of still the single solution for them for all 50 offices worldwide. Uh, so that gives them a huge advantage because they never have to say no um, to anything of like, oh, well, we only are in the United States or we're only in North America or we're only in Europe. It really does give them a huge advantage because they can say, yeah, we are anywhere where your company is and we can deploy this anywhere you need to. And even for companies that have really high restrictions like banks and or HIPAA compliance, uh, the software is HIPAA compliant. Um, and you know, we work with a lot of companies that focus on GDPR. So, you know, it it gives them you know just another ability to to never say no to these op- type of opportunities.
1: So that's a pretty that, that, that's a pretty clear picture for the your part your partners, your the service providers who are selling into the marketplace. For the buyers, the rationale is for going this route. Do you see it being more of a? business decision or more of a technology decision because you talked about you know compliance right security all these things that are technical challenges but there's also a business rationale too and i'm just wanted to hear your thoughts on what you see as kind of driving that that decision
0: i think if you only focus on the technical challenge you are gonna be in a world of hurt in the long run And the reason I say that because, you know, we're a technical company, you know, 85% of our company is either engineers or product people. And, you know, the reality is, if you focus on what the business requirements are, um, and you solve for that, then you close deals. And I say this, you know, not lightly, because this is the, the number one key point, you know, if any of your listeners are listening, this is what they all should be thinking about, which is enterprises don't just want to... Buy a a solution. I don't even say a solution. But a lot of enterprises they don't want to buy um, something that's like, oh, here's a phone call. Uh, they don't care anymore. Um, especially with the hybrid workforces that some people go in the office, some people don't. They are really looking for integrated solutions for their workflow. And what that means is, you know, if you can save them time by building a automated, you know, call flow that can. Send people to the right, you know, location, or have AI in the background that can, you know, answer a lot of their questions. Well, you just saved a ton of time, money, and uh, cost for that company. And if also if they have a particular CRM or even some like homegrown CRM, and you can integrate into it, so anytime a call comes in, there's a screen pop that shows who the caller is, the last time they bought from you, or you know, potential issues that you're resolving. You just made your employees significantly more powerful. And that's what enterprises and businesses are looking for. They're not looking for, hey, I need a phone on my desk, because uh, that's easy. They're looking for you know, these kind of tighter integrations. They're looking for these types of you know, ways that they can integrate their workflow so they empower their company and they empower their employees. And if you're able to empower this company's employees, you can then, and I hate to say this, you can almost charge anything you want because you are creating a solution for that company. And it also makes it extremely sticky because there's zero chance that like, you know, an eight or a ring central can get you out of that, you know, company. If you build a integrate solution into their workflow, because you know, those types of companies, they just don't have that kind of flexibility to, you know, really customize a solution based on what these types of enterprises are looking for.
1: So, okay. So let, let's uh, focus uh, now a bit on where things are going. Um, a big trend we're seeing, of course, is this kind of mashing up of UCAS and CCAS, right? Unified Communications and Contact Center cloud platforms, right? So there's a lot of rush there. A lot of the vendors in each of those spaces are offering the other side of that equation. What's, what's driving that? Is that coming more from the vendors or is this what you're, are you seeing this as a business driver from the actual customers?
0: I think it's both. I think uh, on one side businesses are looking, as I said before, they don't want four vendors uh, for their business communications. You know, they ideally want one vendor. And that's kind of pushing into a lot of these companies where they're they now have to start thinking about, okay, how do I expand? You know, how do I make sure that I don't, you know, as they say, lift the, the fox in the hen house. And so these vendors are now starting to think to themselves, you know, if I have a UCAS solution and I bring in, you know, a competitor for their, their CCAS, well, now I'm in a lot of trouble because if that competitor has a competing UCAS, you know, now there's an opportunity for me to lose that business. So I think on the business side, as I said before, these enterprises, they really want to be talking to one vendor and they, you know, there's an old saying of like, I want one neck to choke, Uh, (laughs) like if something goes wrong. And, and the reason is, is that they want to be able to, you know, make sure that if there's any issues, you know, people aren't pointing the finger at some other vendor. And, you know, that's, that's really important. So the other thing that's driving too is that it's the revenue opportunity. A lot of people are looking to expand their revenue, you know, in their revenue ways. And, you know, if you are kind of stuck in just selling UCAS or you're stuck just selling TCAS, you are missing a ton of revenue opportunities to kind of expand your business. And I would even look at, you know, like, you know, companies like, and I hate to throw any company under the bus, but John, let's make this, you know, podcast really interesting. You know, there's a company like Slack. Uh, Slack stayed focused, really focused on messaging. And, you know, their viewpoint was if we had the best messaging possible, you know, we're, we're never going to lose because, you know, the customers are going to love it and they'll never get rid of us. Well, lo and behold, Microsoft shows up. And they kind of embed calling into their messaging. And now enterprises are like, well, you know, I can go with Slack, which has a fantastic solution, but how do I, I can't make phone calls from my Slack client. Uh, and, you know, this whole side is, is not as efficient or productive as the new Microsoft solution. So Microsoft Teams is, you know, skyrocketed. Uh, where Slack, you know, they were kind of stuck just because they wanted to really stay focused on just offering messaging and making that the best experience. And in the reality, the market was really asking for more of a you know one stop shop for that vendor. So a lot of people started to go over to Microsoft Teams, not because Teams was any better. In fact, you know, a lot of people could say it's it's way worse than Slack, but they still went that direction because Microsoft was able to bundle invoice into you know their Microsoft Teams offering. And that's just a, an example of you know how these markets are evolving. And a lot of people, again, are they want you know kind of a one stop shop for everything, um, and they don't want just you know one vendor to do this and another vendor to
1: do that. Well, listen, going up against teams is usually a losing proposition. Um, I don't think that's what Slack had in mind, but that's kind of what it came down to, I think. But you're right. Uh, you know, every standalone solution has its strengths and weaknesses or limitations, right? And so, to your point about going to like one integrated solution that, that's a pretty strong case now to add to the ucas and ccas piece this will be the kind of what i call the third leg of the cloud stool we have cpas and if and it's not that well understood right and i just want to I, I just want to kind of spend a, a moment or two on that if i could here, patrick just you know you're a technical guy and, and cpas is a pretty technical solution but it really does bring new forms of value, not just on its own, but to complement UKAS and CCAS. So, what? Is, what? How do you describe, in your words, what? What does CPAS bring to the table here?
0: That's a great question. Um, you know, I will give my hat off to Twilio for kind of terming the the term CPAS um, and really kind of educating people on what a developer API is for in telecom. And really, you know, our viewpoint is CPAS is this. You know, it started out as kind of a developer API kind of model, which is like, hey, you know, here's some open APIs. You don't need to know how everything works behind the scenes. You just connect to these APIs and then you can send out a text message or you can you know, send out a reminder. Um, and people started to use it for really interesting things. Like if you look at, you know, when your Uber shows up to your house, um, a text message shows up first uh, to remind you like, hey, it's going to be there in five minutes. And that became, you know, kind of eye opener for a lot of people and a lot of companies were like, wow, like, I never knew I could do this. And over the years, I think it's actually expanded into kind of any customizations that are simple to customize, but can still be very powerful. And so, you know, if, like I said before, before, if you want to, you know, build a, a way to check your account balance, you know, in your solution, that would be millions of dollars and a ton of engineering work to get that integrated. Now you just have to have a, a web server. And when a call comes in, you know, if they press you know, whatever, like let's say you press nine, it will send a uh, web request to that web server to say, hey, you know, please announce the account balance for this user based on you know, this account information that they gave. And so in a couple lines of code, you can now offer things like checking account balances you know and you can do things like you know oh if you're a pizza shop before this was unheard of for pizza shops to even think about this but now whenever like someone places an order it can check you know their caller id first it can pull up all their order histories it can say hey by the way are you looking to you know place the same pepperoni pizza order and are you still located at this location press one for yes or press two for to talk to someone and if they press one That whole automated system, you know, now starts building out the pizza and then it will send a text message when the pizza is being delivered and they never even had to talk to someone. And so, you know, CPaaS is really kind of the ability to build kind of customized solutions um, in a very simplified and easy way, uh, which, you know, saves millions upon millions of dollars uh, in developer costs. And it's just, it's super powerful. And I think it's one of those things where, you know, we're only seeing kind of like the the tip of the iceberg now. I think customers, and we're already seeing it with a lot of our customers, they're looking to do more and more complex kind of integrations. And they're realizing that, you know, just using some of these simple APIs, they can build some really powerful tools um, and experiences that they, they dream, dream of, you know, five
1: years ago. Now we're getting to an interesting topic, aren't we, <laughs> Patrick? But we're going <laughs> to have to hold hold on for another time because CPaaS really is... One of those things that can just change everything. So you're obviously on the, you know, on the edge of the technical uh, leadership there, and you understand this stuff very well. But you know, especially when we talk about SMBs, you know, they have a hard time keeping up with all of this technology change. So it's a real challenge. So I think as a takeaway for our listeners, as you know, as we come to the end here today, um, what what education do you think is most needed? that would really help them make better, you know, technology choices?
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, I think just asking the the, the tough questions to their vendors, you know, Um, when you're evaluating the solution, you know, ask, hey, is you, do you have, if you're looking at a UCAS solution, say, do you have a contact center also under the same code base? And if the answer is no, be like, why not? Um, And then, you know, ask, do you guys have ways to customize this, you know? And also if you do, you have developers that can help us, you know, make these simple customizations because the, the reality is if you're talking to a vendor and they have, you know, a CPaaS kind of integration into their UCAS and CPaaS, i oh, sorry, <laughs> I'm getting all the, the CAS and this stuff. Uh, but if you have a CPaaS offering, but, you know, the SMB doesn't have any developers on hand to, you know, integrate into those APIs then, you know, if that team doesn't have a professional services, you know, organization, you know, CPaaS is really not that useful to them. So again, as a a small business, you know, just ask and talk to them about really the workflow you want to achieve, not just the workflow that they're telling you they can do. Um, And I think you're going to start finding more and more vendors out there that can really achieve that workflow that you're aiming for at a very low cost. And at the same time, they can, you know, a lot of these vendors are starting to build out their professional services team so that they can build these simple integrations for you. Um, so you don't even have to worry about it. And, you know, those are the, the type of vendors you should be partnering with for the long run. Don't just look at, oh, well, this, this company is selling, you know, a phone for, you know, nineteen ninety five a month. Um, this one's selling it for eighteen ninety five. Like to me, that's kind of missing the point. The point is looking for something that's creating a real solution for you and your clients uh, those are the partners you really want to be partnering with.
1: Okay. Well said. Well said. So I think uh, that will take us to time here. So thanks, Patrick, for your all your insights today on the topics.
0: John, I really appreciate it.
1: And uh, thank you all out there to everyone who has been listening to our conversation. If you would like more information on what we've been discussing today, make sure you head over to 2600hertz.com. We will be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. Until then, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on all the major platforms and follow the conversation on our socials at EM360 Tech and on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, head over to the website, em360tech.com. And with that this is John Arnold of J Arnold and Associates signing off and we thank you again for listening to today's podcast.